Welcome to Your Birth Partners. We're here to break down barriers and cultivate community as we discuss issues that impact pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. We welcome you no matter what your background is and are so excited to learn together. Today, we are kicking off season two of the podcast. And this year has certainly thrown all of us for several loops. And we took a hiatus over the summer so we could kind of all collect ourselves and, you know, spend time with, you know, our loved ones and focusing on, you know, the important work that we all do. And I'm really excited to come back together and start processing a little bit of that more out loud with you all as we keep working to really improve prenatal health care. And so our vision for this first episode of the season was to bring in some more uh, voices, some people who I have considered to be, you know, thought leaders within perinatal healthcare, who have really, you know, spoken out and taking action to change the way that we operate. And so I am really excited to bring them on today. And we're asking uh, the three of them all the same questions. So I have Dr. Neil Shaw, on who was really one of the first voices as an OBGYN, as a physician, who I heard really calling out some of the problems within our healthcare system. And then we also have Dr. Mimi Niles on who I, you know, recently, more recently became aware of, you know, her work and her voice within perinatal healthcare and have just been continually just impressed with the level of nuance that she brings to discussions around birth care and our work as birth professionals. And then the, our other guest is Krista Dancy, who is someone who I also met in the last year or so. And I love that the framework she brings to discussions around perinatal health care is really based in her background as a therapist. And she brings a really unique perspective to how we, you know, address clients and patients and care for their needs. So I am so excited to share all of them here with you today. We are going to be asking them questions about hope through the pandemic and then what they see as the future of really partnering together during birth care. So I am sure you will learn a lot from uh, listening to them and the experiences that they've had over the last several months and gain a greater understanding about some of the steps that we hope to see as we move forward. On to the show. I am so excited to share this conversation with you all with Dr. Mimi Niles. Mimi is a certified nurse midwife. She is a researcher exploring midwifery care models and health equity in our country. She is an assistant professor at NYU, working in their school of nursing. She is on the board of directors for the National Association of Certified Professional Midwives. And she is a parent and an incredible voice for change in our country and in our perinatal healthcare system. So I'm delighted to have her here to share with us. With all of this, everything that's happened and these feelings of just unknown and loss that have been running so high through the pandemic, what is, you know, what's the one thing that gives you hope for kind of birth care and continuing on? I would say what gives me hope is black women, mm. <laughs> all the black mentors and that I have in my life and the black midwives that have been my teachers and my sort of, I don't know, they give me so much hope because 
I see in them something that is so sort of spiritually strong and, and grounded um, when they have this kind of consciousness around mm-hmm. what what the work that needs to happen, you know, and such clarity around that, I think, mm-hmm. really gets me out of my sort of existential kind of, I'm just one person, what am I yeah. going to do? And the narrative around the hero, the American hero, I think is not true. You know, Mm -hmm. that a lot of this work happens in community and it happens in partnership and it happens in sisterhood. And, and I really, that, that has given, I've had a lot of dark days during COVID and that has been, I have been so blessed to have Mm. folks around me who said, get yourself up and put your big girl underwear on and get, you know, get back to work. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, black women are certainly, they are rising out of this and their resilience to continue to, to fight and push and it's inspiring. And like you said, they are, their style of leadership. Typically when you're watching, it is so, it's so different from what we're, we're used to. And so refreshing in just yeah. that openness no, and that collaborative nature. It's unapologetic. Yeah. And yeah. I think we, that's what we, that's the fire we need. Mm. Yeah. And so then the last question is, so what is, you know, one thing, be it, you know, practice, training, mindset shift, conversation that you believe can help birth professionals partner together to change birth care in the U.S.? Hmm. I believe uh, that there needs to be, there has to be an unlearning and a relearning. So there has to be a relearning about the history of medicine and obstetrics in the U.S. Um, And there has to be an unlearning of what power looks like in this space. So I, 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 yeah, I think there has to be kind of a, that's how I feel. It almost is like everybody needs to, you know, when you have to turn your computer off completely. Yep. I know there's a word for that. back on again. Yes. Yeah. There's some word for that. A reboot or something. Yeah. Yeah. But we need that kind of rebooted rewiring uh, that needs to deeply happen. And it's going to take truth telling and reconciliation. And that means everybody's going to have to be at the table and it's going to get super uncomfortable and messy. And people need to know that it's not personal, Mm. you know, that this is about systems and institutions and histories and legacies of colonization and imperialism and American sort of westward ho <laughs> expansionism that has left a lot of us behind. Um, so that that I feel like it's going to take some deep deep work around that. Um, it's more than just like it's nice to talk about interdisciplinary learning spaces. And I, I always tease physicians like I know how to work interprofessionally because I've had to do it since day one. You all are the ones who don't know how to work interprofessionally because you've never had to do it. Mm-hmm. What you say is go, what you say goes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's like, those are the conversations I want to be having, you know, and yeah. I, you know, um, there are physician leaders in the space where I think, why aren't you talking about midwifery care? You're a leader in this space. You need to be calling out your physician colleagues and saying, why, why do we have so many physicians doing physiolog- 
not doing physiologic labor, as our C-section rates rise, as our induction rates rise, as our epidural rates rise, those are all related to health disparities because black women get more C-sections and black women get more inductions and black, black women get more epidurals. So you need to be, they're all connected, you know? And Mm. so let's have those conversations. I don't know how that's going to happen. Maybe they need to happen in pods or maybe they happen. I don't know how to operationalize it, but this is aspirational to me. There needs to be like serious unlearning and relearning that needs to happen. Yes. I uh, co-sign that 100%. That is, that is what needs to happen. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mimi, for sharing all of this with us today. I really appreciate your insight and clarity around these issues we're facing. And next, I am going to bring you over to the conversation I got to have with Dr. Neil Shaw. All right. Well, I am joined here with Neil Shaw, who is a physician, a parent, a um, assistant professor at Harvard University. He is the founder of nonprofits, March for Moms and Costs of Care, um, and really just a huge vocal advocate for talking about our perinatal healthcare system um, and speaking out about ways that we can improve and work to change it. So I'm really excited to have him join us here to give us a couple answers to these questions. So, Nia, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Maggie. So we'll dive right in. In a time where concerns over the unknown and feelings of loss have run really high, um, what has given you hope as we continue to navigate birth care through the pandemic? A lot, honestly. Um, You know, during every humanitarian crisis, which is what this is, uh, maternal health suffers. So whether it's, you know, warfare or a natural disaster like a hurricane, or in this case, a pandemic, we see that, you know, maternal health suffers. And in many ways, maternal health is sort of a bellwether for the well-being of all of us. Um, And there are many ways that we're seeing that Mm. now too. Um, And just to lay it all out, I mean, there's a pandemic, there's a deepening economic recession, Mm. there's political upheaval, there's civil unrest. I mean, that's a lot existentially for anybody. But what I'm also seeing is all of the seeds of innovation So, you know, um, there are a number of things that people have been working very hard to change and progress in our maternal health system for a long time that weren't really on the table as being possible uh, until now. So whether it's telehealth, which uh, wasn't getting reimbursed and wasn't getting Mm -hmm. payments uh, to um, honestly, if you can get a facility fee to put a tent in a parking lot and care for people in their communities, you should be able to get a facility fee for a birthing center. Um, we've had to create new capacity in the healthcare system. So we're relaxing licensure in ways that allow midwives and other uh, advanced practice uh, nurses to um, partner in the profession in ways that, you know, were harder to do before the pandemic. Um, But fundamentally, what I'm seeing is that there are a core set of challenges that everybody is dealing with across the country. And then we've got all of these inventive ways of solving them which are really the seeds of innovation. Like we've had a 90 year old model of prenatal care that's been rigid and fixed and based on nothing. And now we've got all of a sudden like a thousand experiments on how to do prenatal care. And from that, a better way will emerge. I know it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Touched on so many really important things and I completely agree with you. Definitely, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and this has probably been kind of the the catalyst that maybe the system needed um, to really start addressing some of these issues that have been longstanding and this has really shown a light on. So that's great. And then, you know, the other question that we had for you was, you know, what's the one 
thing. And that could be anything. It's a, a practice, a training, um, a mindset shift, a conversation. What's the one thing um, that you think really that birth professionals can can do, can partner together right now to really change birth care in our country? That's a great question. I mean, I think the existential issue for civil society is the same one that we have as birth professionals, which is trust at this moment. Um, all of us who work in the professional space at the end of the day to d- differing degrees are institutional actors. I'm the ultimate one. I'm an obstetrician. I'm a Harvard mm-hmm. professor. I'm male. Um, but uh, all of us who have worked on behalf of our professions and institutions have been um, part of a system that's left a lot of people out. And uh, among those who have been historically oppressed and marginalized, they have rightfully uh, not really trusted in the system. And at this particular moment, they're seeing a lot of tough things that are continuing to leave them feel left out when you look at who's being disproportionately affected by the pandemic uh, or who before the pandemic was being disproportionately affected by inequities in maternal health. Um, So we need to work on being trustworthy collectively. And that does mean partnering together. Um, and it, it it probably means figuring out ways of using our professional privileges and power and uh, sharing it, in some cases, seeding it, uh, mm-hmm. maybe in some cases, showing up less as experts and more as learners, um, you know, less as speakers and more as amplifiers of other voices. Um, and particularly from those voices that don't have platforms and are being most impacted by what's going on right now. That's perfect. Yeah. I think we just missed the very end of what you said. I don't know if you want to repeat that. I think you were saying trust and yeah, we need, we need to work on trust. That's the point. Yes. Okay. But it's something that we take for granted. So it felt worthy of explaining. Cause like, if you like work on trust, what does that mean? But like, yeah. there's a deepening divide between health systems and communities that we serve. It's getting wider. That That is what we need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. That's been that. So, you know, our organization starting up was really because we felt like there is this just this widening gap and this feeling that we don't people don't always know how to work together. We don't know how to find the people who we actually can trust and can partner together because there's just historically been people doing a lot of untrustworthy stuff. And unfortunately, people haven't lived up to that. And so it's hard now both for, you know, for professionals within care settings and then also for the people we're caring for to know, okay, when I tell this person this is an issue, are they going to, are they going to care? Are they going to do the right thing to help to fix it? And it's, yeah, it's been really overwhelming. But I, there is, I think as we keep working together, as we keep doing more trainings together and talking more and just having more, and you know, obviously our whole end is like, have more conversations about it. Talk about the issues, call it out. Don't let it be, you know, the elephant in the room that everyone kind of avoids because that doesn't, it doesn't get us, you know, anywhere. Our tagline is like, be inspired, respected, trusted, heard which spells out like for birth. And cause we felt like that's like, that's what we need. Like we need those and we need it on all sides of the table. You know, everyone needs to, there needs to be respect and trust going back and forth and not just kind of this one way relationship that I think as healthcare professionals, we kind of are trained to think we have respect and trust automatically like earned for us. So it's a big I one. I love that, Maggie. That's yeah. great. Oh, Neil, thank you so much for taking the time to, share with us today and, you know, speak into your vision of what you're hoping the future continues to evolve into. So I really appreciate it. And now I will be leading us into our last conversation with Krista Dancy. 
So it's my pleasure to introduce to you all today, Krista Dancy. Krista wears many hats. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a certified birth doula. She's the founder of the Birth and Trauma Support Center. She also co-directs the nonprofit, The Place Within Counseling Center. She's a parent and she is a just tireless advocate for us tuning into what our clients individually need to support them through birth. So I'm so excited to have her here with you all. So Krista, let's just dive right in with the heavy question. So in a time where concerns over the unknown and feelings of loss run high, what has given you hope as we continue to navigate birth care through the pandemic? So not surprisingly, the pandemic has really exposed cracks and flaws in the system, right? We see that anytime there is stress placed on a foundation that has cracks in it, the cracks show. And that's definitely happening. We're seeing that the pandemic is revealing a lot of systemic issues. Why do I still remain hopeful? Because every time I look deeper to see the professionals who are rising to the occasion, I am inspired. I am seeing mental health providers suddenly become um, increasingly aware of perinatal mental health traumas, um, of the isolation of new parents. The conversations are being refreshed and renewed and drawing in more eyes than ever before. I am seeing institutions I never thought that would say this, suddenly recognizing the importance of birthing options. So now I'm seeing institutions talk about how important it is to have freestanding birth centers, how important it is to support home birth for good candidates. Um, Everybody in my area who offers um, birthing alternatives cannot keep up with the demand. There's suddenly this increased awareness of how important it is for there to be options. I think that's going to have a long-term positive effect Um, on this conversation. The other thing I'm seeing that's inspiring me is the way that doulas are coming together nationwide. They are connecting with each other. They are becoming politically active in a way that I've not seen happen in such widespread ways. They are petitioning governments to support the rights of birthing people to address issues like doula bans or racial disparities or income disparities and outcomes. Um, I'm watching them do things like find creative solutions in virtual doulaing, which is not only making sure that doulas will be here to stay, but it's also making sure that areas of the country and clients who couldn't probably access this care before suddenly have access to it in a new way. Hospitals or facilities that would have never even heard the word doula suddenly have a virtual doula there. I think that the exposure in the long term to all of these things and the ways in which people are rising to the occasion makes me hopeful that although right now is pretty hard and stressful for everybody involved, the long term is going to become this amazing conversation that is, if you'll pardon the pun, there's this thing being born in this hard time, right? Um, And so the pressure that we're under is forcing us to be creative and collaborate in ways that we got away with not doing before. So that's where my hope lies. Yes, Krista, I, you have just highlighted so many incredible things that have come from this pandemic. And I, especially that piece of just this awakening that is happening to issues that have been here <laughs> for a very long time that really need our attention collectively and individually to make change. And that does give me tremendous hope as well. And then the, you know, the next thing we're kind of asking everybody is what do you think is the one thing and be that Uh, a mindset shift, a training, a conversation, 
what is that one thing that needs to happen in order for us to really partner together as birth professionals and change birth care in the U.S.? If I could pick one thing that I think will be revolutionary to the field of perinatal care, it would be cross-disciplinary learning. I come from a mental health background. I moved into birthing background after what has always been amazing to me is the ways that no matter how well educated you are, no matter how prestigious the institution or how well mentored you were or how much work you've done to learn, we have all received lenses from our institutions that are often specific to our professional role and we don't even realize it. And as soon as you get people from other disciplines in the room together, talking about the same problem together, all offering their different lens and, and being able to connect with and empathize with the different lenses, looking at 360 degrees of the same picture, magical things happen. It's incredible. When we have, you know, experts in the room on psychology, psychosocial models, um, racism, health disparities, medical care, uh, midwifery, hospital administration, the list goes on. When we get these people who are generally very siloed as they are in the birth world and we put them in the room together in a collaborative model, we suddenly come up with something we could have never thought of. The, the sum is greater than the parts, Right. And so that for me, cross-disciplinary training is the future. It is where growth happens. And I'm very excited every time I get to take part of it. Krista, I can attest to that power of collaboration. Having taken your courses before, I too have been struck by really just the the new ways that we can think about things when we share perspectives. And obviously so much of that is what we hope to have happen here through this podcast you know, we look forward to more challenging discourses about what is happening in perinatal care and how do we actually take that and come together with all of the different perspectives we bring and our experiences and really create something that is better than any of us can, you know, imagine on our own. So thank you so much for contributing and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks for tuning in. We love to talk birth and would love to talk about it with you. So please join the conversation by finding us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're your birth partners on all platforms. And, you know, this episode, we were blessed to hear from, again, people who I really consider to be, you know, thought leaders and great vocal advocates for change. But even, you know, more important than those couple of voices are hearing from all of you. And so I would love for you to you know, come and find us, the post that we're sharing this week on social media and comment and let us know about your experiences. Share what is going on in your world, in your profession, in your community, and how you are finding hope through this pandemic and what you want to see as next steps as we all try to collectively move forward to something better. So we look forward to hearing from you. Um, if you want more resources about the guests we had on the show today or anything we talked about, you can check out our show notes on our blog at yourbirthpartners.org. And we will look forward to hearing more from you. Till next time.